first, let's talk about overpass crashes. Now, during the Christmas holiday, my cell phone went off repeatedly after a semi-trailer operated by Chahan Freight Forwarders crashed into a Highway 99 overpass uh, in Delta. Chahan Freight Forwarders have been involved in six uh, of the past, uh, six of these overpass crashes in the past two years. Now, according to provincial records, that crash was the 31st overpass strike by a commercial vehicle in BC since December of 2021 and the 17th uh, in 2023 alone. Here's a reminder of some of those overpass crashes. 40 days after the last driver hit a Metro Vancouver overpass, it's happened again. It's happened one too many times across the lower mainland. An overheight truck striking an overpass causing a collision. Overpass watch! Lynch, it has been officially 80 days in the lower mainland since a vehicle struck an overpass. How's that looking? Well, we have to reset the counter oh, at zero once again. Damn it! <laughs> Thanks to our friends over at Seafox uh, for that uh, uh, that uh, montage uh, from earlier, uh, I guess last week. Uh, but now let's talk a little bit about what's going to occur because of that last overpass uh, crash. BC suspended the National Safety Code Certificate of Chohan uh, Freight Forwarders, which grounds its fleet of 65 commercial vehicles in this province. Now the company is part of a group that is also that also has a fleet in Alberta, and those vehicles continue to haul freight in BC and there lies the problem. Transportation Minister Rob Fleming has fired off a letter to the federal minister asking work be started on a unified truck safety system across the country. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, a national uh, look at trucking and what we can do to stop some of these overpass crashes. Joining me now is Dave Earl, President and CEO of the BC Trucking Association. Dave, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here. Uh, how important is this letter uh, from the Transportation Minister here in B.C. Uh, to the uh, federal counterpart? You know, Jazz, it's a really important conversation to have. I mean, we haven't revisited uh, this legislation since it was enacted back in the late 80s. And uh, you know, with the changes in how businesses operate and how industries change, uh, it's time to have that conversation and figure out if we can do it a lot better. Uh, you said late 80s. Why has it taken this long? Well, by and large, uh, it's mostly worked. I guess I, I hate using that word, but uh, it hasn't been um, you know, shown to be demonstrably broken in a lot of ways. Um, what it is, it's kind of a, a bit of a unique uh, Canadian way of doing business. It's a federal standard that is administered by provinces. Um, and this all has to do with interprovincial relations and constitutionality and all these things that was kind of that pathway to get us where we wanted to go to um, you know, in a manner that we could achieve. But it's time to have a, a closer look at that, for sure. Is uh, These overpass crashes, are they happening in other provinces? Yes. Yes, they are, Jez. Um, there are some overpasses in some areas of, uh, of the country that are remarkably low. Like, I'm talking 3 metres, 3.5 metres. Um, and uh, these, these overpass hits uh, happen there. They happen on other overpasses. They happen all over the continent. Um, we've had a real uh, spike in activity in British Columbia. I mean, we look at it and attribute it to complacency, um, you know, and, and we simply just need to do a lot better job making sure that people understand what they need to do. When you say complacency, is this a question of, of, of a company and its uh, safety procedures? Is this about... 
uh, trucking schools and what they are teaching uh, new students today. Uh, what, what do you mean by when you just say complacency? Is it more um, the owner, the the onus be put on the owner uh, of these companies, or is it more about how we train these young drivers? The, the short answer is yes, and it's also the customer. Um, very often when a carrier gets a phone call to move a load, the customer will give them dimensions and they're inaccurate. Um, sometimes the carrier gets there with the wrong equipment and don't make the right decision to say, no, we're going to have to do a load a different day with the right equipment. Uh, sometimes it's safety procedures inside the company. Sometimes it's training in the driver's school. Sometimes it's training with the carrier. Uh, sometimes it's the driver saying, I just don't care, I'm going to run anyway. Uh, and that's why this is a, a difficult a problem to get our arms around because there are so many places to go and so many levers to pull. But frankly, Jez, we just have to figure it out and get it done. Uh, this has to stop and we can't just keep uh, you know, saying, well, it's difficult. Lots of things are difficult. Let's fix it and get this done. Um, ha- have other provinces had this many crashes in such a short, uh, short span like British Columbia? Yeah, I'd love to tell you, but to my knowledge, other provinces don't track them the way we do. Um, so I can't tell you one way or, or the other if there, there have been these, uh, these incidents uh, in a cluster like we've seen in British Columbia. We just don't have the data. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just can't tell you. Uh, how is the trucking industry administered in the United States? Is it federal regulations or the states involved as well? Again, it's complicated, but by and large, it's federal. So you have one Department of Transportation uh, number that applies, and your, your listener will see these on the sides of vehicles as they run past them. They will see DOT, that tells you it's a truck that has a number to run in the United States. You'll also see NSC, that's the National Safety Code for Canada, that allows them to run in Canada. Um, it's a really complicated regime, but by and large, Jazz, it's a federally regulated system in the United States. Um, trucking, I'm going to assume, is like many industries. You've got baby boomers retiring, and with them uh, goes experience and institutional knowledge, uh, and you've got a young drivers coming in. And look, most young drivers are going to be just fine if they work hard and listen and learn. Um, but how much of this is just a generational change where perhaps uh, it's something we are, we, are, we are seeing and going to have to look at because you have young drivers coming in, they just don't have the experience, and we've seen this occur and things over the next few years hopefully will get better because of this, but ultimately this is also part of a, just a generational change and a generational shift. I, I don't know if I can attribute it to that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Jazz, the overpasses haven't moved. The law hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not uh, super complicated stuff. Measure your load. Um, you know, this is something that has to be brought into the culture and how the industry operates. It's more than training in schools uh, it's more than just, uh, you know, rolling along the highway and uh, trying to figure out where you're going. There's a lot more to it, and there has to be this this real fundamental shift, I suppose, um, that we're focusing on the professionalism of the industry. Um, and that, that starts, uh, you know, with the carriers and, and with the drivers. Um, do we need to toughen penalties even more than, than what the minister uh, had argued for and they've brought in now? Do we need even tougher penalties? You know, Jez, it's harder to it's hard to conceive what those tougher penalties may be. Um, honestly, I mean, yes, we can we can have more fines. You can add a zero or two zeros to the end of it. Um, you know, but right now, I mean, the the maximum penalty that a, you know, an entity can provide is to penalize it uh, to shut it down. I mean, and that's what the minister has done in BC, and we applaud them for doing that. 
Um, even if there were extraordinary fines, um, that nothing would prevent the organization from folding up shop and moving to a different organi- a different jurisdiction anyway. Um, this is why that conversation about a, a national system uh, to, to regulate um, and manage this issue is so very, very important. We don't want to have uh, cross-jurisdictional issues like we're having currently and simply just adding more and more to the front-end fine. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that may provide a little bit more of a deterrent, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, we look at the ability to suspend operations as what we really want to see, and we want to see that apply uh, more vigorously in different jurisdictions. How confident are you the federal government is willing to work with the provinces on this? I mean, do they see it as a real issue, and you think they'll be able to sort of close, close some of these uh, loopholes and some of these changes that need to be made that they'll actually be doing them? Oh, yeah, and I have a very good confidence in Minister Rodriguez and the federal government and their appetite to address this issue, uh, but it's not just them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the federal government, 10 provinces, uh, that all have to come to an agreement. And as anybody uh, knows who you know, looks at Canadian history and legislation, um, that's a very, very tall order. But uh, it doesn't mean it can't happen and doesn't mean we shouldn't work towards it. So to clarify here, the challenge is that uh, safety cert- certificates are issued by the jurisdiction where the there is a license plate for that truck. But some of these companies are in different provinces, so there's no one sort of single authority that's responsible for the oversight on that carrier company. Is that the biggest concern then? Correct, Jess. And I mean, when you think about it, this is part of our supply chain right across the country. I mean, your listener will see you know, trucks plated from various jurisdictions all over North America running in British Columbia. And that's what we have to balance is trying to find the way that we can make sure that enforcement action balances our need to enforce and have safe roads for everyone to use against the ability for companies to operate within the context of a North America-wide integrated supply chain. So, um, so it, it's a hard nut to crack. So if there is a company uh, that head offices, let's say, in, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, but has had, had overpasses mm-hmm. here in British Columbia, you can shut down those two trucks, but that company is still moving around and has the same safety processes and procedures for other provinces. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. You can shut down their operations there for trucks that are registered in British Columbia, mm-hmm. but you can't do it for other jurisdictions across North America. I mean, even when we move into a Canadian system, Jazz, then the next question becomes, well, what do we do if it's a truck from Missouri? Um, like I said, it, it's a complicated issue, and the core issue, it's, it's not enforcement. It's changing that whole movement in the industry to recognize this is a profession that you have to take seriously and be diligent when it comes to safety. And just to confirm, right, so far, all the accidents that I know of, the vehicles have all been Canadian-registered vehicles, have they not? Yes. Yes. yes, they have. So no one from Missouri, yep. but you, but you're, I get not your point. Yet. Nope, and, and may, may we never have that conversation, Jess. <laughs> that is true. And I know you're tired of hearing these stories and commenting on them, but I think it's a, a very legitimate issue, and, 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 I know, and I know you in the industry believe it is as well. So I do appreciate your time oh, talking to us about this today. Dave, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me, Jess.